Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spin the dial, roll the dice, and pop that pop bubble. For this special Patreon-sponsored episode, The Great Pop Culture Debate wants to go back to recess and discuss the best children's board and card games ever. I'm still waiting to be compensated for selling my life rights to the makers of Old Maid. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please welcome my panel for this episode. He did not pass go. He did not collect $200 on his way here. It's Bob Erlenbach. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Well, on a positive note, you apparently did win second place in a beauty contest, and you get a sickening supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills Cosmetics. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored. You should be, and I do want to make a big shout out to Bob, as he is not only a panelist, but he is a top-tier Patreon supporter of this podcast who sponsored this episode, so thank you very much, Bob. You're welcome. Next, <laughs> next, don't press his popomatic bubble or you'll be in trouble. It's Jim Zadzik. <laughs> or sorry, because they're practically the same game, or maybe Parcheesi. I don't know. True. Um, popomatic bubble has a completely different meaning in my community, and we're just going <laughs> to leave it there. Next, we just found her in the study with a lead pipe. It's Joelle Bodecker. Eric, it was Colonel Mustard, I swear. Well, in that case, I have to ask you, pardon me, miss, do you have any Grey Poupon? (laughs) No. And finally, we have an extra special guest for this episode. He wishes he could live in a real candy land. Please welcome our children's board game subject matter expert, Elliot Zadzik. Hi, Elliot. Hi. So, Elliot, do you want to share with the listeners how old you are? That's entirely up to you. Sure. I'm 11 years old. He is 11 years old. As you may have guessed, he may or may not be the son of one of our panelists who shares the last name and the nephew of our Patreon sponsor. So all of the games discussed in this episode really are kid-tested and father-approved. So keep that. All right. So how does this work? Although this is a mini-sode, we did have a public poll of just about every children's border card game we could think of. More than 70 people filled it out and picked their favorites. We ranked the games by popularity, added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? Go to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the polls and brackets tab. There you'll find the listener bracket for this in every episode. Make a copy for yourself, fill it up, and see if your picks, your picks match up with ours. Before we start, I want to ask my panelists, what were some of the board card games you suggested that were so you were upset did not make the bracket? And I'm going to start with Bob. Um, so the game that I was not, I guess I wasn't upset that it didn't make it because I never anticipated that it would was there was this game called Mall Madness <gasps> in the in the 80s slash 90s that yes. I yes, Joelle knows I knew I knew that Joelle would be like, yes, <laughs> there's a clearance. Um, <laughs> you've got a special clearance <laughs> ching ching um, so um i never had the game but i always wanted it but was afraid to ask for it because they'd be like well why is this little boy asking for a mall madness shopping game but you know in 2020 where are we 2022 yeah. you know anybody can ask for a mall shopping game boys girls whatever but um i had a friend named becky who had the game of course and whenever 
whenever I was at her house, I was like, oh, we're going to play Mall Madness. We need to play Mall Madness and we need to play it now. Um, so I wasn't upset that it didn't make it. Well, yeah, I'm upset it didn't make it, but I'm not surprised it didn't. Okay. That was well, hands down my favorite game of my childhood. You're absolutely ching, ching. right. Ching, ching. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Joelle, were, were there games that you were upset didn't make it? Oh, yeah. So um, thank you for mentioning Mall Madness. That one somehow escaped my memory. It doesn't exist in my life anymore. I don't know what happened to it. Um, but I left it in my closet of my childhood. Um, <laughs> that sounded sadder than I meant for it. Mm. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's a couple things. There's a category of games that isn't on this list at all. And that's like the drawing and Pictionary games. So yeah. um, yeah. Pictionary itself mm. uh, would have been great on this list, I think, um, or some version of it. Um, and then there's newer games like that. So there's Luck of the Draw. My niece and nephews love playing that game when they come over to my house. Um, uh, I would say, so uh, we'll talk about uh, one card game that did make the cut. Um, and by card game, I mean ones that use an actual deck of cards. But there's so many other games we I played as a kid. There's Solitaire, War, and Spit. And those games, you know, vary from age range, but I played those all through my childhood. Um, and then there's new games I also wanted to mention. So uh, games that my niece and nephews play all the time that I don't think they've played more than half the games on this on this bracket, but they play these the games I'm going to mention way more often throughout their childhood. They play uh, Blockus. Have you guys heard of Blockus? No, I've never no. heard of Blockus. It, it's no. like a colors and shapes, kind of a domino, like matching sort of game. Cool. Um, Sushi Go, it's sort of a Oh, I love Sushi Go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Sushi Go and, is so good. <laughs> yeah, and that's like another like matching kind of game. It's very popular with my uh, six-year-old niece. Um, Spot It, that's another like matching game. It's it's full chaos you just you just hit things in the middle of the table great for all ages um and then set is a game i played back when i was uh, probably elliot's age and that's still popular to this day um and they and all of these games have themed versions as well um but yeah the, like i just um as 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 nostalgia as this bracket is going to be i was just wanted to make sure we talked about games that were created after 1983 <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> That's my snark for this for this episode. I love it. And I do think this is the beginning. We're 100% going to do more game episodes as we go forward, tabletop, et cetera. I think the challenge is finding ways to kind of limit them um, so that it's, it's not just so overwhelming, the number mm -hmm. we could talk about. But I'm all for you bringing these to our attention, Joelle. If you're listening and you don't know what these are like me, please check them out. And uh, we will report back with more games in the future. So thank you. Jim, what about you? Well, maybe we put the qualifiers like cl best classic mm -hmm. children's game. I think we should because mm -hmm. like this, this is absolutely classic children's game. And maybe that's a good way to start it. Well, what does our does Patreon sponsor think? Oh, that's true. We could call it classic children's board game. Great. I just wanted to invite Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and Elliot and I could talk about a lot of different games if we're talking about more more recent ones. He has a couple survival mm -hmm. ones. We just played Ooh. this new one called Ravine where you oh, yeah. have to survive a multiple number of nights and with all these different things that happen to you. It's kind of partially a role-playing game, but partially a board game. Hmm. Um, and then in our house, I think one that didn't make the list, but is a classic with our five-year-old is Apples to Apples Junior. Ah, yeah. Because he because it's just yeah. pictures, so he can you can kind of play along with the the funny pictures and all that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, Elliot, were there any others that your dad didn't mention that you were like, ugh, I love this game. Why isn't it on here? Um, I was actually going to say Apples to Apples Junior. Oh. 
I was really stole it. Uh, although you like you, he likes taking another card game and playing similarly with that. That also has pictures. Would you like to tell him that game? What do you mean? Oh, oh yeah. I love it. I love that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Real Housewives edition of What Do You Mean? Uh, that's that's a good time. So that's a great one. Thank you, Elliot. There were a couple classic ones that I was surprised did not ma- make it. And as Joelle was talking about the card game she played as a kid, one came to mind. And I cannot remember what it's called. Someone tell me. You are swapping like grains, like flax. oh, it's a pit. 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 Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like the stock market pit type thing. Yeah, and like it's mm. oats and wheat. And like flax, yeah. and I was like, "What is flax?" And now, of course, <laughs> as as a forty-something, I understand how important flax is for for dietary fiber. But as a child, <laughs> I didn't really have that awareness. Um, so that's when I'll put on there. Sorry, didn't make our top sixteen, which surprised yeah. me. Yeah, um, that's a, a, a kind of like traditional board game the game of life didn't although i will always say like i never really liked the game of life i was like even Mm-mm. that game seemed depressing to me as a kid like so like i'm i have very the thing little I choice liked, the thing i Go liked ahead. about the game of life was the pieces and anytime we yeah. could put the little pieces into the little cars i was there for it i was on the spot that yeah. was what i like about it thing I, about yeah no interest in the rest <laughs> The thing about the game of life, and I was having this conversation, I don't think I was having it with you, Eric, but I was having it with somebody is like, what is the game of life like today? Like if I purchased it, is it the same as it ever was? Because it's like, oh, I've got the blue pegs and the pink pegs. Is it still To represent the children, but you know, boys and girls are not the only option at this point, right? There's, there's gender neutral, there's non-binary, there's whatever, you know. So I was curious as to whether or not they still approach it from that binary of of like the blue and the pink and is it build yeah. your family and is there same sex couples because there should be yeah um because you know the game of life is i don't know how old now i'm gonna guess 50 60 70 years old i'm gonna yeah. guess right that would be my it has um, to be from the 40s or 30s it has it's to gotta be, yeah. be outdated i'm just curious as to what it's like today um so yeah well, we will- work in the work in like the, the gig economy and like all the other, <laughs> other things about life, right? Like it, it, it kind of follows one specific path, right? You've yeah. become an Instacart shopper. <laughs> <laughs> You've been furloughed. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I feel like that requires some additional investigation on behalf of these panelists. So we will report back on that. Um, I was surprised chess didn't make it. Like yes. chess is a game oh, yeah. that kids play like my legit. nephew loves chess that's actually when i asked my sister-in-law what his favorite game is because he was at camp she was like chess absolutely his top his hands down favorite game and i was like oh okay <laughs> whoops yeah, like, wasn't expecting it smart children play chess mm-hmm. i wasn't one of them no but there me. are smart mm-hmm. children that do elliot do you play chess i have never played chess i really, really? want to learn but i've never oh Oh, well, there we go, Jim. That's something to, to know for the future. <laughs> yes. Um, have you played checkers? Yes, I love checkers. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I was surprised that didn't make the list. That yeah. is a very yeah. kid-friendly game. I, I loved checkers growing up. Yeah. The other one is completely different from everything else, but um, I'm going to name it. I was surprised the Pokemon trading card did not trading card game did not make hmm. it. Like That's a great point. Mm-hmm. It's none of the trading card games. There are many. I think Pokemon is the most kid friendly of them and has been around now for over 20 years. Like I, I legitimately like Bob, you and I played it mm-hmm. back in Lafayette, um, yeah. like back with like the OG. So, like, 2005, one. Or, yeah. I'm going to guess. Yeah. And Elliot's brother was collecting the cards for a long time. But did he ever actually play? 
Elliot? Well, I was going to say, from from our experience uh, with Elliot and Colin, it's not about actually playing the game. It's just about collecting them. Sure. Catching them all. Yeah, catching them yeah. all. It's Yeah. Did you enjoy playing Pokemon, though? Did you ever play it, Elliot? Yeah, I play with my cousins sometimes because they got this box of, like... Um, Pokemon, like it's a game that you like set. It, it comes with a board to like teach you how to do it. Yeah. If you don't know. Because yep. it's complicated. It is. Like Bob and I were playing. I was just like, what is doing what now? Like, I mean, it, it's not quite Magic the Gathering, but it's not super intuitive either. Yeah. So that is my, my argument for things that I was surprised didn't make it. Anybody have any others or shall we go into these debates? Oh, I'm anxious to get into these debates. <laughs> Let's do it. So with that, uh, the first up, the majority of the panel prefers ultimate one seed clue. But Bob and Elliot want to see what's in your hand by preferring four seed go fish. Jim, crack the case of why clue should move forward. Bob, try to get us on the line for go fish. I'll have Bob go first. OK, so I get it. Clue is this ultimate like one seed on our bracket and everybody on this. Uh, am I the only person who's no me and Elliot? Ellie and I are the only two have who have chosen go fish, right? But it, for me, when it comes down to this game, it go fish for me, it is very simple. The rules are simple. You can play with a go fish deck or you can just play with a regular deck of cards. So from that perspective, it's easy to easy to acquire, easy to just pick up and do. You don't need to set anything up. It's just at your disposal at any given moment. Um, I think they're short hands, short rounds. Um, you kind of can go through the first round and just get into the next in, you know, in maybe five, 10 minutes a hand, um, which is great for kids, I think, because there's that in some points you have that um, attention span problem where a kid, you know, you might be playing with a group of children and after that first round, one might go off and do something, but you can still play with the rest. Um, it's just got those quick, easy rounds. It, it teaches you learn something with matching and pairing and memory. I'm not going to say you don't necessarily learn anything with Clue because I'm sure that you do as well. You learn um, how to get away with killing people. You have to learn how to get away with murder right. <laughs> with Viola Davis. It's an important <laughs> skill set. I'm not, you know. Um, but it was made, like I said, it's just made with a simple deck of cards, and that's all you really need. Um, and it's simple. You just ask a player for a card. Do you have it? And they have it or not? Or you, and they tell you to go fish. It's just, it couldn't be simple. You can play with multiple age brackets. Um, when it comes to Clue, I think it's a little bit more sophisticated of a rule set, for sure. Older children need to be the ones to play it. It's harder for a younger child, like five or below, um, to play it, um, per se. And... Um, I think that's where I'll leave that for right now, but I'd love to hear um, the Clue argument, Jim. Yes, Jim, take it away. Oh, you learn a lot in Clue. Uh, for, you know, there's a lot of skills to build there as a, for, a, for a child. You have, um, I mean, the whole thing is more based, less on the, on the murder part, but more on paying attention and putting together um, hints of things and, and noticing maybe like if someone asks for a certain card and there's a lot of strategy there too. And so I'd say like Elliot and I have been having a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun watching him learn and notice like, oh, well that gives it away to me too, even though it's between these two other people. And I think that that's a, a, a big shift in the type of game in, in a, in a child's kind of growth. Um, go fish is great. It's, it's great. You know, I've probably played it about 400 times in, <laughs> with, with my three children. Um, and so, yeah, it is a good it is a good starter game. I would I agree with that for a toddler or something that it, it, you can do that. You can't play with a toddler, but we're not talking about best toddler game, are we? That's a great point. And we're talking I, about best children's game. 
and children Classic. go up. Children go up to, you know, age 11. I'm going to say 12 before teens mm-hmm. is when I'm considering children. I will say on behalf of Go Fish, fishes are high in omega-3 fatty acids. They're heart healthy. Um, so it's got that going for it. Elliot, where are you on this one? Um, I think for um, Go Fish, I think it's better than Clue because it like the main idea of Clue is about murder mm-hmm. and children shouldn't like Ian just asked me the other day, can I murder you? And I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> no, you're not Cain and Abel. That's not appropriate. So a great point that it's perhaps a little mature for kids. Uh, Joelle, where are you on this? So I would love to counter your argument, Elliot, because what I think they've done with Clue over the last 20, 30 years is they've made lots of variations on it. So if parents aren't comfortable talking about murder, which, you know, no. Who is? <laughs> they've made a lot of themed versions of Clue. For example, the uh, the Big Bang Theory. This is a terrible example because who cares about the Big Bang Theory? But uh, in that particular one, you are not trying to figure out who murdered one of the people in the Big Bang, Bang Theory. You're trying to figure out who... I don't even know what the particular issue is, but someone made Sheldon very upset and you're just trying to figure out who upset Sheldon. So um, a lot of the themed versions, you're just trying to solve a mystery and it's not necessarily a murder. Um, Golden Girls clue, it's who ate the last slice of cheesecake. There you go. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And a lot it. of and a lot of those variations have gotten very popular as well. And so ultimately the the gameplay is exactly the same, but now you get to play around with different themes and rooms and um it's still clue. It's still the delightful gameplay of clue. Um the the, the pieces look very similar. Um I think clue has um you know, decades of gameplay. I, I didn't play it for years because I was in college and I didn't have a board with me. And then I went off, you know, bought, bought, no, I got my own apartment. The first thing I did, I got a few board games. Clue was absolutely the first board game I bought because it just it felt right. It's one of my favorite games. So it yeah. was my vote. I, it's my vote too. We we played it all the time as kids, and there's I come from four brothers. There's four years between each of us, so there's a wide range of of ages involved in that. And I don't think all four of us ever actually played it at the same time. But even like the younger players can kind of muddle their way through it just by randomly guessing, and the older players can actually like use deductive reasoning and be like, "Well, I know I have these cards, and I know he showed me that card," and the, it like teaches you complex thought processes, which. Is that a kid's game? I don't know. I, I I still think it is. It's just a more advanced kid's game. So with three votes to two, Clue will advance. And Oh, Elliot, that didn't work out for us. <laughs> that's okay. Are you all right, Elliot, if we move Clue forward? Yeah. Thank you for being a good partner. Um, I'm, gonna I'm not going to be a good partner. <laughs> no, but we knew that. We knew. Right. <laughs> we knew that. Next, a unanimous victory for three-seed Monopoly, which didn't need to get out of jail free cards to advance over two-seed Mousetrap. Next, the majority of the panel is trying to line things up for one-seed Connect Four, but Joelle wants to build a case for four-seed Jenga. Elliot, why do you have Connect Four's number? Joelle, carefully push us to take Jenga higher. I'm going to have Elliot go first. Um, I think Connect Four should be the best because it's easy to set up and it's easy to put away for children uh, to do. And Jenga, I've, it's always take longer to set up and put away. It's always a nightmare. So <laughs> it's so true. 
yeah, it's easier to play. Well, yeah, it's it's a fun game. Which one, Ali, uh, uh, Jenga or Connect Four? Connect Four. Yeah. Um, Joelle, talk to me about Jenga. Ellie, you are not wrong. Um, and I played Connect Four. Um, what was that stat, Jim? Uh, four hundred times. Four hundred times um, in yeah. my childhood. Um, and Jenga, you 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 can't play four hundred times. I will I will admit that. Um, it does take too much time to set up. Um, I want to I want to defend Jenga just because it it uh, it's a sort of game that you don't forget. It's an unforgettable game. You you if you've ever played it and you've ever had a victory in Jenga, it, it sits with you for life. Um, it it takes patience. It takes time. It it rewards the patient. Uh, uh, if you've ever played some of the variations on it, you may have had some uproarious times, like Jenga Truth or Dare, for example. Oh, I don't um, know anything about that. Oh, that's where you write dares on it, but that's probably more for adults, so I won't get into it. Um, <laughs> but there, there are also Jenga Junior where they've they've made the blocks bigger and made it more possible. So it's not fifty four blocks; it's it's fewer. Um, and I think that they're um, maybe easier to slide the the, the blocks around because they're maybe plastic. I don't know if they've made it that much different, but they're at least bigger. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I, th- I think I think Jenga um, offers you you know a, a different kind of reward of skill. Um, Connect Four certainly offers reward of strategy, so I'm not going to deny um, deny that that win if we have to go with Connect Four. But I did want to defend Jenga because it it holds a certain place in board game or I guess these are both very similar. It's like block game or something. It's not on a board. Right. Neither one is technically a board game, but they're both obviously games that children play. Yeah. And it is, you're right. It's interesting. I hadn't thought of that, that they are kind of similar in the, like, you're trying to advance your place, but also simultaneously trying to block the other person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. They're both sabotage friendly, you know, in, in different sabotage. ways. Yeah. Mm. Bob, where are you on this? I'm with Connect Four. I love Jenga. I think Jenga is a great game. I think Connect Four edges out just a little bit for me because I think there's a strategy involved with both of these, or at least kind of a you have to eyeball the Jenga tower to kind of figure out what might be the best. But I think from a Connect Four perspective, there's that strategy of thinking three, four, five steps ahead to try to make sure that you're matching and being able to get the match before somebody else. I think there's a little bit more strategy involved, which is something that kids can take away from that one. Mm-hmm. Other than like pull out the block and oops comes tumbling down. I mean, that's fun for sure. Um, but I also get really frustrated with how the adults have co-opted it to this bar game these days. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is for children and we're taking it in bars. I saw no. Connect Four at a bar. I saw Connect Four at a bar. They they was put it, it oh. they put it in the middle of a table. Actually, it was um Bob, it was in DC. It was um it was like an escape room place, actually. <laughs> Well, that's an escape room place, so I'll give it a pass. <laughs> so, the, the, but anyway, I'm going to pick Connect Four. The bar Jenga tends to be made with two by fours, right? No, the ones I've seen are it, still just regular Jenga boards. I've yeah, there's it. like there's like big Jenga. There's yeah. there, there's like medium sized Jenga. There's tiny Jenga. <laughs> <laughs> My issue with like the big two by four Jenga is like people can get seriously hurt. Like, <laughs> you get clobbered in the head with one of those top pieces. So, someone pulls like, out a piece and just smacks the person behind them with it. Yeah, yeah that's intense. Jim, where are you? That's another similarity um, that the giant giant Jenga. We've Ellie and I go. We all our family goes to a couple places that have giant Connect Four games mm. out. Um, mm. So apparently, these both are really good at in jumbo version as well. Mm. You yeah. can scale them up. <laughs> you can scale them up. Yep. This was a good um, yeah. Uh, yeah good a good combo here. 
Yeah, I think, you know, Jenga is fun with a larger group. I think like the, the when it collapses, it's a lot more, a lot funnier and a more of an event. Um, but Connect Four is, I, I agree with the argument about strategy and um, you can kind of plot your way. And that's, I think that's what sometimes what makes a really great game. And it's also a game you can play with just two people and it actually works great. Mm-hmm. Like you only need two people mm-hmm. for, for Connect Four. Whereas with Jenga, if it's two people, I don't know if it's as entertaining, but. That's true. Um, I am voting for Connect Four as well, but thank you, Joelle, for a very impassioned plea on behalf of Jenga. Sure. <laughs> uh, next, Joelle is again the lone holdout, uh, preferring two-seed Guess Who, while the rest of us are sweet on three-seed Candyland. Joelle, describe why Guess Who should flip its weight around too. I will ruin my dinner by biting into Candyland. Joelle, why don't you go first? Okay, so this one is... I'm shooting myself in the foot. This one is less about guess who and more about why I don't want to defend Candyland. Mm. (laughs) Um, Guess who um, I did play this a lot as a kid. My grandparents had it at their house. And every time I was at their house, I demanded someone play guess who with me. Little did I know this was not a very adult friendly game. They hated this game. (laughs) Um, But as a kid, I thought this game was great. I thought it was really fun to try to figure out uh, how to describe people and how to, um, you know, learn, you know, facial features and, you know, describe it and, and giggle about, you know, noses and eye colors. And I don't know. I, I thought it was great. Um, years later, I look back at that game and I was like, boy, I bet all the adults were bored. So mm. definitely very limited um, age range for guess who. Um, but I loved it. I'm, I'm, I learned in my research for uh, Guess Who that uh, they've made uh, a lot of ver- versions. I'm loving all the versions all these games have that, you know, yeah. the last few years now that um, Hasbro owns everything. Um, uh, they have like Finding Dory Guess Who. So that's fun. So you're probably guessing fish and colors and it's less. And then about- forgetting them. And then, and then forgetting them. But at least, at least you can like ditch the the very uncomfortable race card with Guess Who, and you can yeah. play, play around with fish and animals and stuff. So, um, if you can get your hands on a on a non um, human version of Guess Who, I think that would make this game a lot better for kids sure. um, in twenty twenty two. I will just say uh, my my discomfort with Candyland is just how simple it is and how bored. Um, the children in my life are with that game after the very first time they any of them played it. So I just, I have to put that out there. But um, that's my pre-comment on Candyland. But Eric, I know you have a huge defense for it. And this is such a popular nostalgia game. And I I, I also know why this is going to go ahead. So I do. I have, I, I, I looked up facts. I did this amazing research mm-hmm. with this thing called Wikipedia. Get ready, folks. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, about two seconds, but it's all actually very interesting. <laughs> I will say before I get into that, um, one of the, it, they never actually officially made it, but I am an owner of Guess Ru, which is a uh, handmade RuPaul's Drag Race version mm-hmm. of Guess Who, uh, made to for me by a member of our podcast panel, Curtis Creekmore. So you're looking at the queens from the show and you have to like play Guess Who, but with drag race queens. Awesome. It's amazing. Highly recommended. And I think you can get kits for it online. Um, <laughs> but I'm here to talk about Candyland. And as Joelle correctly pointed out, the thing about Candyland 
is that there are no choices. There is no strategy. Literally, it only requires following directions, which explains why my niece and nephew found it very difficult to play when they were children. (laughs) Um, I have vivid memories of babysitting Addison, uh, who I don't think listens to this podcast, but literally we'd be playing Candyland and she would be like, can I see the cards? Sure. And she would sit there and she'd find exactly the cards that she wanted (laughs) and she would put them on the deck and then put like one card on top for me and she'd be like, okay, you go. Okay. And then she'd be like, oh, look, I'm going to Princess Frostine. I was like, uh huh. Okay. That's how this is going to work. But whatever. She had a good time. Um, roughly 1 million copies of uh, Candyland are sold every year by Hasbro. And uh, it was first released in 1949. It soon eclipsed the legendary Uncle Wiggly as Milton Bradley's top seller. Milton Bradley was later bought out by Hasbro. Um, And a couple fun facts about Candyland I did not know. The game did not always include characters. Mr. Mint and Grandma Nut and the like were introduced in the 1980s. In 2002, Queen Frostine was renamed Princess Frostine. The Molasses Swamp became the Chocolate Swamp. And Princess Lolly was demoted to just Lolly. So there was clearly some major drama going on in the Candy Kingdom. (laughs) And I'm going to need that season of Game of Thrones. But um, Candyland is an iconic children's game. It is for all ages i'm sure the older kids could get bored but like it's still like a fanciful and very like visually stimulating game for children elliot where are you on this well i love Candyland a lot ian well doesn't play correctly all the time he just flies his character all over the board (laughs) and has a blast for like an hour so it's great and it's fun i think i'm gonna go with Candyland. all right uh, Bob, what about you? I'm going to stick with Candyland too, and and I've experienced that with Ian before, where you're just flying all over the board, but you can still play while he's flying all over the board, and you just say, "You win, you won, Ian, you won." You while Elliot's it. like, "No, I won." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The joys of being an older brother, right, Elliot? Yep. And Jim, how about you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distracted. I'm looking at up Uncle Wiggly, the game. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great game, isn't we, it? When we were kids, we played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had it. I've never heard of this game. This is oh, a- no, yeah. it's, it's like one of the OG board games. Yeah, right. Look at that. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Candyland um, should go forward. But I, I, I guess it was a lot of fun, too. And there are those variations. However, I'd say we've had the Star Wars one come into our house twice in, in the past and it's never as big of a hit as the original for some reason maybe because hmm. they're just the characters and it's a little you know they're it's not like different types of droids it's like very drastically different characters but i, I do Star Wars guess who? Slide. yeah is yeah, like emperor so. palpatine in there can you be like does he look <laughs> yeah. like a raisin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much as a yeah they're cartoon versions so absolutely <laughs> amazing <laughs> so it sounds like we are four for Candyland, yep. and that means guess who's out sorry joel but you did a good job defending all it good. uh next it's elliot on the outs as he thinks four seed twister has all the right moves to advance while the rest of us want to slip two seed battleship under the radar elliot put your best foot on blue and push for twister jim make sure you lock in your strategy before you fire your salvo in favor of battleship I Grown. know. Grown. I know. There's an actual dad on this podcast. I should not be using mm-hmm. the dad jokes, but I'm here. Um, Elliot, do you want to go first and talk about Twister? Sure. So Twister is really fun, and it is easy to play, and you don't have a million pieces everywhere. Mm. And any anyone can do it. 
if you stretch far enough. Um, it can be painful if you fall over. I have fallen and it is painful, <laughs> but it's fun and it doesn't take as long. So I love games like that because like, if you want to do it in a short period of time, you do it in a short period of time. But if you want to do it longer, you can do it longer, but then like do like the different rounds and then stop at a certain point. And I just really think Twister is easier and f- more fun than Battleship. Well, it's certainly a faster game. You're absolutely right about that. I hadn't thought about it, but like Battleship can go on for a really long time. And Twister is pretty quick. So, yeah, um, as old people like myself, Twister can be very painful. Even if you don't fall over, Elliot, it can just be, <laughs> well, I can't get up now. Uh, so enjoy it while you can. Um, yeah. Jim, talk to me about Battleship. I think those are those are good arguments. You got the, um, you know, it, it does get the wiggles out. You can have them do something active and, and full of energy, and uh, it is simple enough to understand. Um, I think those are all positives. I, I, Elliot, a lot of your arguments seem to be about how how much you dislike cleaning them, cleaning it up, which uh, <laughs> seems seems <laughs> accurate. Um, <laughs> Well, well, see, Battleship it does hold the pieces if you if you uh, you know want to keep them in the in the in little containers. Um, actually, I, I did a little bit of Wikipedia looking at this, and uh, it actually never occurred to me. But you could just play Battleship on graph paper. Mm-hmm. You could do a, a paper version. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. no, I need the I need the actual game. No, you can actually do it that way. Um, you know, again, I think it's similar to things I've said before. There's some strategy, there's elimination, you know, where you place them as well as paying attention where, when you find a a hit, um, I think that it's just, it's such a classic, uh, image you can think of the, the picture on the box and the commercials and things like that too. And you know, those, those two kids are just having a blast playing battleship. (laughs) Uh, it's, uh, I would pick up Battleship over Twister as a kid. Um, Twister, you have to have some willing participants uh, who want to get twisting all around, I suppose. Yeah, also it would mean actually touching my brothers, and there's no way that would happen that wouldn't end in someone getting punched in the face. Seriously. Like, yeah, like it was I was nonstop. Like, if you came anywhere remotely near the bubble of, like, personal space, someone was getting a punch in the face. Um, Bob, where are you? You know, we didn't, or I haven't really broken down like how I look at some of these games from a rubric perspective of like what I was looking at as to what made a a children's game for me. Like for me, when I looked at things like simple rules, that's easily approachable by kids, parents are willing to play it with children or children would be willing to play it alone by themselves with one another, right? That it could be approachable by anybody. And also like kind of any age too, right? That you can be a four or five year old and a nine or 10 year old, 11 year old and play together. Um, and you learn skills, I think, is, a, is also an important part of any game, um, that it's not something silly that doesn't teach you anything like Mall Madness. I guess it taught me how to use a credit card. But, um, <laughs> so use the, use it's plastic. funny because yeah. this matchup, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Battleship over Twister, although Twister fits more into that rubric. Like I was applying that earlier with Go Fish versus Clue, right? Like I think that's why I would have chose go, chosen Go Fish over that. Um, but I think Battleship has a more cultural cachet out there i suppose it is more of um it's it's a i think it's a game people will will think of more or before twister um because when you say game i think people most logically think like board game tabletop um they don't often think of like a yard game twister things like that um 
also, you know, the twister mat gets all twisted up and sometimes that makes it difficult to play and actually, you know, sometimes actually works against you to, to make you fall or whatever. And that always was really frustrating. And it's a pandemic. So you shouldn't play twister. Mm. <laughs> it is funny. How have we not had an advancement in twister mat technology in the 60 some odd years since twister has been around? That is surprising. I will also say <clears throat> in case he's listening, Patreon supporter John Boudreau specifically said to me, hi, John. Um, how is Twister a board game? Like, how is this on your pole? And I was like, the, the spinner's on a board. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> the spinner's on a board. It is a broad interpretation of board game, and I won't lie about that. Um, my question does anybody know the answer? Was Twister originally invented for children or was it an adult party game? I don't know the answer to I, that. I, um, I have the thing open right now. And I will get you that answer. Joelle has the receipts as always. <laughs> to, the, to the point you were making, too, though, while she's doing that, right? It's best children's game bracket. That's what we're working through right now. It's not best children's board game. Jenga's not a board game. Go Fish is not a board game. It's a card game, right? Like, yes. it's it's just game in general. So I, I, I see the point it's not a board game. But technically, the mat is a big board, I guess. I guess. What have you got for me, Joelle? Uh, conceived a shoe polish promotion as a game with a mat on the floor. <laughs> With people serving as a play, so you're pieces. looking at people's shoes, <laughs> and the game was called Pretzel. <laughs> really? Oh, Pretzel! That sounds fun. Oh. So that's the game I want to pick. It was for selling <laughs> shoes, so my guess is they envisioned it for adults, and yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting, and, and for men specifically. <laughs> Sure, because women's shoes in the 50s would have torn that thing to pieces. Yeah, no, uh, we don't want heels on there. No. Joelle, where are you on this one? Um, this is this is actually kind of fun because both of these games, um, uh, I never got to play much as a child. Uh, at Battleship, because my two older brothers monopolized the heck out of that game, and I just got to watch <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a we had a Yiddish term for uh, kibitzing, and I was the kibitzer. Uh, I would just um, harass both of them while they played the game, um, and you know, go no, no, I wouldn't put it there, or oh, 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 oh and pretend like I knew what they were actually doing. Um, so that was me playing Battleship, just being obnoxious. Um, and then Twister, I didn't play much because I didn't want to be that close to people, and I don't want to be near bodies that much. And I, even at the young age, I had that much insight to know that was gross. So, um, yeah, no, I never played Twister. So I, both of these games were just not that close to me, but Battleship was definitely more fun in my history, and my brothers loved the heck out of it from age, I don't know, five and five and eight, seven and ten, so... I know that that would be their vote for this, for sure. So, Battleship. And I am also picking Battleship here. I think it taught you, again, that, like, how to think strategically. And, like, you can't just play by, like, randomly guessing. But, but like, as you get older and you're like, okay, like, where do I start that's going to, like, maximize my chances of hitting something? And, like, it, there really is a thought process that goes behind Battleship. There's a skill set to it that you have to build. And I think that's a great life lesson. So... I'm also giving it to Battleship. You, Elliot did an excellent job defending Twister. I hope you're okay with it being eliminated. I guess. I guess. <laughs> oh. oh, you did a really good job. Uh, next up, the majority of the panel thinks that two seed Scrabble is just about letter perfect, but Bob and Elliot want to slide into the DMs of three seed shoots and ladders. I'll explain why Scrabble is the word on the street. Bob, try to scale the bracket with shoots and ladders. Bob, I'll have you go first. 
So I was looking at this one and I was like, hmm, Scrabble or Shoots and Ladders? They're both great games. I like both of them. Um, which is the one I would play more? Definitely Shoots and Ladders because they're, it's um, a board game that I can play with other folks um, that don't know how to that don't know how to spell. Um, let's start there. But it's um, it's a simple game. It's up and down a board based on. It's not unlike Candyland in a lot of ways um, because you're just moving across the board, and and if you land on a ladder, you get to climb. If you land on on a sl- on a chute or a slide, you get to slide back down. It's based off of an Indian game, which was Snakes and Ladders. Yeah. Um, back you know in like second century, like AD, like that sort of stuff back in India. Um, but it was a, it's a simple race upward based on on luck from a dice roll. Um, it teaches you counting and observation. It's simple, easy, quick to play. You get that satisfaction of hitting that really tall ladder, and you're like, "Look at this! I'm at the top now because I hit this tall ladder." And then obviously you need to avoid the big slide to fall back down. But um, there's just that satisfaction that you can get from from that. Um, and, you know, many ages can many ages can play. Family will play together. Um, I think Scrabble has a disadvantage, in my opinion, based on this because it's the spelling game. I think right and words aren't fun for everyone. Um, and certainly for smaller children, it's not going to be the go to um, for them. It certainly will teach them spelling and teach them words. But I think that when we talk about kind of more of a classic traditional style children's game i think shoots and ladder takes it mm, you made some really good arguments there ellie i have a question do you play scrabble um i don't that often but i have before do your brothers play it or is it just you because you're the oldest um well we have actually a scrabble junior which is pretty good it's like uh easier words for littler kids yeah that makes sense because i think bob makes a good point that scrabble can be very challenging. I would say for anybody under the age of maybe 10, maybe a little bit younger, but I think like 10 is when you start to really be able to play Scrabble. You're saying that your younger brothers can play Scrabble Junior though, right, Elliot? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Bob makes some excellent points here. Um, I do have some facts about Scrabble that I'll share. Uh, 150 million sets of Scrabble have been sold worldwide, and roughly one-third of American and one-half of British homes have a Scrabble set. Uh, The game was invented in 1938 by a man named Alfred Butts. Butts. So literally, Scrabble came from Mr. Butts. Do I need to go on, or did I get your vote from that, Elliot? (laughs) You got my vote. All right, Mr. (laughs) Uh, But it didn't become popular until 1952 when the president of Macy's played it while on vacation and was shocked his store did not sell it. After that, he placed a huge order and it became a must-have for American homes. Fun fact, the game had been previously rejected by both Parker Brothers and Milton Bradley. So, whoops. Um, That all said, I think Bob makes an excellent point that this is not best classic board game it's best classic children's game and i'm wondering if maybe between scrabble and shoots and ladders shoots and ladders is unquestionably the better children's game i mean with without question and i will uh, the only counter i have to that is scrabble was inducted into the national toy hall of fame in 2004 so it is considered Mm -hmm. a lots of these games on this bracket were but shoots and ladders was never inducted so far yeah. no it was not and neither was snakes and ladders but the the other point that i the other point i have on that too is it, you're 
a younger kid, if I'm going to play with Elliot, he's at an automatic disadvantage based on vocabulary, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, not. I'm, no offense, <laughs> Elliot, you have a wonderful vocabulary, but like, I just think from a a smaller ch- child is obviously going to have a greater likelihood of being able to win shoots and ladders than they are over Scrabble. Mm. Um, so that's another piece of the puzzle that I, that I factored in there. It's a, a really good point. Um, and in the words of Naomi Smalls, life's not fair, but Joelle, what were you going to say? Um, so I think representation of a simple, with with what Wikipedia calls a simple racing board game, we have Candyland, and that is the better of these two. Shoots and Ladders never didn't have the theme. It doesn't have Gumdrop Mountain. Doesn't have all the fun characters. For me, Shoots and Ladders was the far inferior version of this game. I never liked Shoots and Ladders as a kid. I think I've played it twice in my lifetime. <laughs> um, Scrabble, on the other hand, even though my grandmother kicked my butt a thousand times. I loved being able to play this game with her. I learned so much by playing this game with her. I, where every time she whipped out that, that dictionary, I was like, Oh, come on. But like, it didn't matter. It was fun to be able to play with her. Um, I learned that you had to memorize those two letter words. Like it, None of that mattered. It didn't matter that I was terrible. I liked that I could play. And then when I went and played with my friends, I then had the advantage because I had just played with my grandmother and I had learned by playing with her. And then, you know, when you play with someone your own age, it's a lot different, right? That Then that becomes much easier to play. Um, I think playing with adults, for sure, this game has an, a deep in, imbalance. Um And if you have a nice grandparent, maybe they won't try to whoop your butt, but whatever. My grandmother, she's the best. Uh, (laughs) um, I have nostalgia for this game. It, it, you know, what are you going to do? Everyone brings something different to this argument, but I think, I think Scrabble, Eric, to your point, it's in everyone's home, whether you play it every year, play it every week, play it every 15 years. People love Scrabble. This game is the word game for every home I, I don't know how it like isn't part of a, a childhood, you know, even if you play it every once in a while, I, it's just, it's a better game. I don't know. It's a great argument. I had not thought about the generational component of it. And you're right. Like I used to play with my grandpa. I never won. I was never going to win, but I learned and I did learn words through playing this with him. So there's the educational component. Jim, where are you? Joelle, you made that very hard because I was ready to to change my vote, <laughs> and now you've got me back thinking about it. I, it's these are tough because they are very different. I, I think that you're right. One you would play with an adult, and it would be that kind kind of experience. And shoots and ladders, you could let the kids play themselves. It's that that simple. Um, and the but the the like the Candyland argument before kind of got me leaning towards shoots and ladders because Scrabble is limited to those who can spell and not all of not every kid is a word nerd like most of us probably are and uh, the idea of spelling for fun might not be in everyone's uh, everyone's uh, book. Um, so I think I'm actually going to change my vote to shoots and ladders because I think okay. that's better as a children's game, all encompassing the age of a child. So, Elliot, this is exciting for you. You get to make the decision over who advances here. It's your call. Do you want Scrabble or Shoots and Ladders? Either answer is fine. Well, Scrabble's fun, and I love that it has a Scrabble Jr., but 
Shoots and ladders is easy. It's fun. I think I'm going to go with shoots and ladders. <laughs> All right. So good job. The shoots and ladders team flipped it. So well shoots and ladders. Well played. That's a, you know, that is Yay. a game in and of itself. So <laughs> well done. Uh, we advanced shoots and ladders to round two. Another unanimous victory as one seed Uno played a draw for wild on cavity Sam and four seed operation. Decades later, I can still hear and feel that buzzer in my wrenched ankle, my butterflies in the stomach and my spare rib and finally in round one the majority of the panel wants dice dice baby and is rolling with two seed yahtzee but bob and myself want to keep a handle on three seed hungry hungry hippos joelle why is yahtzee to die for i will explain why all these years later i still marble at hippos i'll have joelle go first (laughs) (laughs) groan (laughs) i'm bringing the big dad energy to this episode joelle it's you i have to tell you I don't have a huge defense for Yahtzee. (laughs) I tried so hard. I don't actually know why I picked it. Hungry Hungry Hippos is a fun game. The worst thing about Hungry Hungry Hippos is that that game falls apart very quickly. Um, (laughs) uh, It creaks, it crunches. uh, It's fun to play for about 10 seconds. That's Hungry Hungry Hippos. But boy, is it fun to play for those 10 seconds. Uh, Yahtzee, um, it's really good for teaching math. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Get to get to shake those dice. Uh, they get to have like the smallest itty bitty bit of, of strategy. Uh, you get to get to fill out a piece of paper with some dice on it. Um, I don't actually remember enjoying the heck out of this game. I just remember thinking hungry, 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 hungry hippos was loud and it fell apart, and that's why I didn't vote for it. That's it. That's my defense. <laughs> Things that are loud and fall apart is like my aesthetic as a 44-year-old. So. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I could flip. So go, please go for it, Eric. Just jump jump in. So I hope you're ready. Again, it's the Wikipedia special on Hungry Hungry Hippos. Um, number one, I identify with Hungry Hungry Hippos. Not only because it was released the same year that I was born, 1978, but also because I am also a fat slob who repeats himself and can't stop gobbling... We have children present, so I'm going to leave it there. You can fill in the blanks. But did you know that the individual hippos have names? No. Yes. So originally the pink slash purple hippo was Lizzie. The orange hippo was Henry. The green was Homer. And the yellow was Harry. And then in the 2000s, the hippos got a makeover and new names. Now the blue or pink, depends on which version you're playing, is called Sweetie Potamus. Stop it. I swear to you, the green is Veggie Potamus. The orange is Hungry Hippo, briefly called Picky Potamus, which I think is much better because Hungry Hippo is a very, very boring name yeah. for a character in a game called Hungry Hungry Hippos. Like, obviously, he's hungry. It's right there. It's, it's not even, it's not subtext, it's text. Um, and the yellow is Bottomless Potamus. So now I know I have to avoid using that one in the future. Um, the game has been referenced in The Simpsons, Mystery Science Street. 3000, Donnie Darko, Toy Story 3, Space Force, and The After Party is a pop culture juggernaut, and it is a sister game to Elephant, which I was not even aware was a game that existed, Mousetrap, and Gator Golf. What sister game does Yahtzee have? Craps? Like, that's (laughs) that's what I got. So that is my defense of Hungry Hungry Hippos. I will concede. Not only is it loud and fall apart, but like, we lost the marbles within... (laughs) 
hours. <laughs> like by yep. like month two, and, you'd be yeah. like, oh, can we play Hungry Hungry Hippos? And like, we have three marbles. <laughs> one of one of the strategies we had for it was like, oh, don't use the yellow one because it doesn't, you know, it, advance forward anymore, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend will use the yellow one. So they lose like that. That was that was how we played Hungry Hungry Hippos. So you relied on bottomless potamus <laughs> to <laughs> not be able to steal the deal. Like, exactly. Oh, well, Exactly. Welcome to the gay community. Uh, Bob, where are you on this one? I'm with Hungry Hungry Hippos. Joelle mentioned, like, it's it's fun for the 30 seconds that it lasts. It's fun. It's frantic. It's yeah. like, fast, 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 run. Like, do it as fast as you can. Like, there's no other game, I think, on this list right now at this point that's anything like this, right? Yeah, pure um, chaos. Where there's that, there's that kinetic energy to it and all of those different things. So it's just a lot of fun, high energy, and, and kind of has that, that thrill, that exhilaration. Um, so I think it's a better game over Yahtzee as I push the my glasses up the bridge of my nose saying the word yahtzee (laughs) fair enough jim where are you well for me it is a a nostalgic thing i played a lot with my grandparents as a kid yahtzee and um but i agree with the again weird pairing these two are very different (laughs) i would say that yahtzee does have companion games in the sense that it it teaches kids like basically how cards any many many card games work in terms of you know poker or or gin rummy or something like that you know so the different ways you would com- combine suits that, that i think i learned a lot of that through yahtzee the idea of you know four of a kind and things like that that basic aspect but hunger hungry hippos was a lot of fun too but i'm yeah. gonna stick with yahtzee okay for- so guess what, Elliot? You get to make the decision again on what advances. I love this power position for you. Um, which one of these two games should go on to round two? Well, I have never played Yahtzee. So <laughs> this is going to be hard. I think I've you have. One. Probably when you were a little. I probably oh, was yeah, like, maybe. you, you got to play this because I played it as a kid. And, and <laughs> you must love this. I'm going to have to play <laughs> it sometime soon. I'm yeah. Have to play it. Um, and I've played Hungry Hit. Hungry Hungry Hippos a couple times. So I'm going to go with that one. It's Hungry Hungry Hippos. Sorry. Um, It's fun. It's easy. I say that every time. I know. but (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Honestly, Elliot, that's why you're here is you've got the kid's perspective, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. all old and, and, you know, 80% dust. So we can only (laughs) remember what it was like to play these games as a kid. Like you're actually doing it now and you're like, it's fun and it's easy. I like it. So that's great. So you're going with Hungry Hungry Hippos. Yep. All right. So that's going to advance to round two. And that is it for round one. We're going to take a break to set up an obscenely elaborate trap for a mouse. We will be right back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to round two of our best children's game debate. Before we get to round two, let's discuss how listeners can open the door to their mystery dates. That means our panelists by finding you on social media. Bob, how do people get in touch with you? Well, you can find me at DizNerdBob on Twitter and Instagram. Lovely. Jim? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at JCZAD. Great, Joel. You can't find my son anymore. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> but you could tweet at me and I'll relay it to him. Perfect. Thank you. Um, uh, if you want to find me, I'm at Joel TB on Twitter. Uh, if you want to find my Animal Crossing podcast where we lately talk about when we cross with animals rather than the video game ah. uh it's the pocket pod at uh most of the social medias and our podcast is just called pocket pod love it and you should absolutely check that out um as for me you should definitely follow at great pop culture debate on instagram and at culture underscore debate on twitter but feel free to follow at eric resniak on instagram or twitter that's e-r-i-c-r-e-z as in zebra s as in snake and as in Nancy Y-A-K. And actually, uh, as you hear this now, we should be having the TikToks for many months. Uh, and we're at Great Pop Culture Debate on TikTok. So please check us out over there for our off-the-cuff reviews of various pop culture things that we love or sometimes maybe don't so much love. With that you be- saying the word TikTok just made my hip hurt. I know. I know. I were you, some were you playing gay. Twister? Were you playing oh, Twister, yeah, Bob? Playing. I know. No. Takes oh. me back. Where's my prunes? With that being said, and, and, yes, you're going to say something, well, Jim? Being, being a Patreon-sponsored episode, I think it's worth probably mentioning that all of us are pretty active on the Discord for the patreon sponsor. Oh, absolutely, yes. Oh, so yeah. if Get you don't it. know, um, our Patreons who support us at the $10 a month level or higher uh, get to access the Great Pop Culture Debate Patreon channel where all of our panelists interact, talk about what's going on in pop culture, talk about the show, just talk about literally anything. Um, and uh, yes, everybody on this episode, uh, besides Elliot, who's not allowed, uh, is uh, very active on that. And we would love to have you interact with us as well. Many of our Patreons on there, and it's a great way to get to know us. So um, please subscribe if you're not already at patreon.com. So let's move on to round two of the debates. First up, it's Clue versus Monopoly, and I believe it may be unanimous in flavor of Clue. Let's go around the board and see if there have been any new developments in this case or if it'll make your rent skyrocket. So I'm going to start with Bob. Oh, so I railed against Clue in the first round, but I think I'm going to give it the edge over Monopoly for right now. Okay. Um, But we'll go around and maybe we talk some more. Yeah. Elliot, which one do you like here, Clue or Monopoly? I think I'm going to go with Clue. Because Monopoly is just super long sometimes. <laughs> I would say every time. I've never played a game of Monopoly mm-hmm. that is not hours long. Yeah. Literally ever. Um, Jim. Oh, Monopoly takes so long. And um, I am personally scarred by Bob from in college. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> I've been waiting basically at every episode to bring this up at some point that uh, him and some of our friends decided that you don't just play Monopoly, you play Cutthroat Monopoly. Love it. And if you get if you get the dice to the next person before they notice that you're on their on their spot, then you don't have to pay. Ooh. And That's an actual was, rule. Uh, no. No, I didn't agree to it. Is it and written so, in somewhere? Mm. 
It is. It's in the rules that if you if you if it goes on to the next player and the player who uh, owns that property didn't notice yes. and you don't yes that you don't have to but pay it, the rent. The the trick is you just need to get it, the text into your hand as fast yeah. as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah, I think the dice were already in the next person's hand before you're done moving. Oh yeah. nope, yeah. sorry, they rolled. <laughs> uh, I'm so mad now. I love this. I love this. So we're talking all the way. 30 year old spite this is what mm. I, this is why i get up in the morning well, well i think we just brought up a pretty good point about monopoly is we didn't a lot of us it seems like none of us knew that rule and that's the thing about monopoly is everybody plays it but nobody plays by the rules and Correct. nobody ever nobody ever wants to trade property ever mm-hmm. so like it's mm-hmm. endless it's interminable Oh, I love trading mm-hmm. property in Monopoly. I'm always trying to make a deal. And I would say in my family, there's there's deals. There definitely are, especially if you're desperate. There is the, I have to like go on the stroll because otherwise I'm going to go bankrupt. So here's what I can sell for you. <laughs> like it's it's very Fantine from uh, Les Mis. Alms <laughs> <laughs> for the poor. <laughs> exactly. Um, Joelle, where are you? Well, first, now I want to steal a loaf of bread, mm. but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> with with Monopoly, that that this has a long sorted history myself, and I don't think I ever fully enjoyed a game of Monopoly with my family. I did in college when I tortured my friends playing it, but um, uh, again, as a children's game, I don't know that it is frankly a children's game. Uh, Clue, I enjoyed my whole life, childhood, all the way up through even today. So, I think I think it's Clue for me. I think it's Clue. So I'm going to take a different approach here and say that because every single person on this planet has a Monopoly horror story that comes from their childhood, (laughs) I actually think that Monopoly is an iconic children's game because literally everybody has a like, oh my God, not only is Monopoly long and complicated, someone screwed you over with the rules or you didn't, or or you played by someone else's rules where you're like, what, where were you raised? What is this like incredibly like complicated (laughs) draconian process um the fact that nobody actually knows the rules to monopoly well every family had a different set of rules like i went into my friend's house and i was like you do what now and free parking was a different rule in one house and exactly and um yeah it's just it's ridiculous there were different rules with the whether or not there was like a pot in the middle of the board that you Mm -hmm. could take there was different rules when it came to 200 and nothing else like it was unbelievable to me it was crazy (laughs) everybody had a different version of it which i think is actually really cool it's actually like a, a cultural thing. Like, how did you play Monopoly in your house? That's a podcast in and of itself. Tell me about how you play Monopoly. In my house, one of the most iconic memories I have is of my sweet grandmother playing with all of us and fully stealing $500 bills from us when we weren't looking. And like, I finally caught her. I was like, Oh my God, grandma, you are stealing Chad's money. And she would just giggle. And I was like, no, you can't take his money. But like, that's the type of game that I think teaches important lessons to children, which is number one, trust nobody. Number two, there are no rules. Number three, be a good little capitalist. Like that's that's Monopoly. But it sounds that's like it's the real game of life. It's yes. true. That's the real game of life. And also the sidebar, the rich always win. So yep. um mm-hmm. with that being said, I believe it's four for Monopoly or excuse me, four for clue, one for Monopoly, correct? I think so. I think so. All right, so Clue will advance. Next up, it's Connect Four versus Candyland. I'm going to start this time with Elliot. Elliot, which one should advance? Um, I think I'm going to go with Candyland. Okay, do you have a reason why? 
Well, Candyland is... Uh, I think I'm just going to say because it's easier to clean mm. up. <laughs> and um, it's always it always brings me joy watching Ian play for hours and hours on that board this is doing nothing zooming around like a crazy person (laughs) yes yes Yes. good good and then doing that in the house yes right in real life zooming around the house yes and i'm sure your parents appreciate that too um jim where are you oh that's tough i i you know i they're both great they i think you know, we haven't talked about um, just looking at all the great candy on can- on the Candyland board. Mm-hmm. I think I remember kind of getting lost in, oh, that's good. That, that's tasty. And I think that that's where the game does add a little more for children, where, you know, there are a lot of similar games. And it definitely lets you, you – all the different versions you can imagine being whatever, whatever uh, confectionery mountain there might be. Um so I think I'm going to go with Candyland, even though Connect Four is a lot of fun too. Although you know, you're talking about cleanup. If if they made the the box right, you could put the box underneath where the things mm. fall out, and it would fall right into them. Yep. We don't have that box, and that does drive me a little crazy. So I guess uh, I'll go with Elliot's Elliot's argument, and Candyland's the way to go. For sure. And that, like, how have we not had the technology to make the Connect Four box actually hold the things when they fall in it? Like, come on, it's 2022, um, Joel. Um, so I didn't have either of these in my bracket at this point. So this is open for me. Um, I, I, I like Elliot's logic. I'm a big fan. Um, when it comes down to it. So I, I read about the history of Candyland. Eric, did you already mention that, like why the game was designed and the history? I didn't go into, it. I read about it, but I didn't include that. But if you want to talk about it, I yeah. think it's actually super interesting. Yeah. So I, when I, when I went to the um, National Museum of Play, the, 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 the toy um, hall of fame, hall of fame. Thank you. Uh, shout out to Rochester, New York. Uh, <laughs> the, um, uh, the history behind Candyland, the reason why uh, it was designed was a teacher created it for children recuperating from polio. And if that isn't a reason for a game to have been designed in the first place. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what. I just don't know. Uh, (laughs) I have nothing else to say there. Um, I just think that's a beautiful um, um, story for any game. And the fact that it still exists to this day and it didn't, you know, disappear um, is a testament to how, um, you know, just how simple the game is. I know I said that was a bad thing early on, but since we're up against Connect Four, these are two very simple to begin and end games. Um, I remember playing this game with my grandparents um, a lot and my very patient grandmother um, never let me cheat. There was no cheating like your niece, Eric, Uh, but uh, I was determined to always find my way into Gumdrop Mountain, determined. um, And, you know, sometimes we would play and play and play until I got to Gumdrop Mountain, even if the game was supposed to end like hours ago. So somehow Uh. she made it happen. I don't know. Um, But uh, yeah, I remember thinking the design of the game was great and Connect Four is just two colors and, you know, simple. So It's vertical checkers, kind it's of. It's vertical checkers. And since checkers didn't make the board, there is a little bit of, you know, what about checkers, though? But no, I'm Candyland. Candyland's my vote. Um, yeah, and I do want to just quickly what Joelle just mentioned about the National Museum of Play in Rochester. If you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, all of us at one point on this have have lived or are living in Rochester, New York. And if you do not get, know the National Museum of Play, also called the Strong Museum, I think it's back to being called just the Strong Museum again. Um, 
and you are a fan of children's games and and play, it is an amazing place. Like it, it, it is truly incredible. And you can spend the entire day there and your children will never be bored. Is that a fair assessment, Jim? Oh yeah, absolutely. You're no adults too. What the age. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, do you like going? They have a whole arcade. On oh the yeah. Part too. Yeah. What's your favorite mm-hmm. parts of the museum, Elliot? I love the arcade, uh-huh. and it's just really fun to go. And like ev- everywhere you look, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a great museum. Truly one of the best ones. If you've got kids and you're looking for a road trip or whatever, you can't go wrong. Um, Bob, where are you on this one? Yeah, both really fun games for kids. I think I like the Candyland option better because it's colorful. It's more fun. It's got dynamic kind of images. It's an adventure for kids, maybe even a a dabble into a little bit of fantasy. Um, So I really love it. And did you know, in your research, Eric, did you know that it was involved in one of the first disputes legally over internet domain names i did see that and i I deliberately avoided it because of the uh, makeup of this particular panel but if you're interested i encourage you to check it out because it is fascinating yes yeah so somebody else tried to take it and they're like ah no no this is a children's game um yeah so i'm also going to give it a clean sweep for candy line i have nothing against connect Four. it's a great game but there and i think we've kind of touched upon this a couple different times now there is something so visually alluring about Candyland, even as an adult playing it with my niece like i didn't mind playing it even though it's pretty mindless like because the the scapes are so intricate there's something about it this is very it it taps into your imagination and it's beautiful to look at like it literally is just a beautiful board and i think there is an art to actual game boards that we've kind of lost in in recent years maybe it's proved me wrong i'm fine i i urge you to write in and be like no these game boards are amazing but like i just think this is kind of one of the old school examples of a great game board then it has evolved over time like even the route has changed all right that means Candyland advances next it's battleship versus shoots and ladders uh we're gonna keep going with jim where are you on this one talk about or if you're talking about beautiful boards shoots and ladders is not it (laughs) god no this is a pretty ugly board. Um, I think um, uh, looking at these two, I think I'm going to go with Battleship because you can still have, even though it has strategy and all that, I think you can still have younger players play it as long as you, as long as they can get the concept. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's a lot more fun and there's more twists and turns um, than just kind of how the dice rolls and shoots. And- Although technically shoots and letters is filled with nothing but twist and turns, but I think you mean that's metaphorically. True. <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you, Joel. Where are you on this one? Um, I mean, the thing about Battleship is, you know, it, it's inherently like a puzzle game, too. And I, I love a puzzle. Um, you know, if you're trying to figure out where to where to guess where things are. Um, that That's that's fun. There's a surprise there. There's yeah. Shoots and Ladders is laid out for you. There's no surprises. Um I guess it's a surprise if you land on a on a shoot, so I suppose. But uh, no, I hate shoots and ladders. I really do. I never liked it. Not once as a child. I can't vote for it, and I never will. Battleship. <laughs> uh, Bob, where are you on this? 
yeah, I love both of these games for sure. Uh, you know, Shoots and Ladders, you're right. It's not an attractive board, but Snakes and Ladders was certainly an attractive game board back in India. Um, it had a lot of symbolic images, gods and demons, etc. It, it had a lot to do with destiny, desire and karma. And I love the idea of karma in a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, I got this really look at me. I got the tallest ladder and then oops, you got the shoot. Oh, sorry, you got the shoot. Um, so I kind of love that. Um, I just think it, it's still just a it's more the children's game that's super approachable can be played by anyone i wouldn't i i guess i'm not a parent but i i as an adult i'd be like yeah i'd play shoots and ladders with a child and and if somebody said that i I don't know as though i i like battleship as much because it's i'm probably stuck playing it for a lot longer and if i didn't want to play it in the first place (laughs) um but the child said to me do you want to play a game and i'm like sure i'll play a game with you um i'd rather do i'd rather do shoots and ladders this is how long am i forced to interact with this child logic here is that is that your decision (laughs) yes (laughs) elliot don't hate me for that argument (laughs) no elliot we're gonna we're gonna buy back make sure we have battleship ready for one of the (laughs) yeah that's right well, okay. here's the thing. And like the, 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 the double board of Battleship. There's like 12 or 15 Battleships <clears throat> yes, on the yes, board. Yeah. Here's the thing is if you ask me to play Electronic Battleship, oh. I will play that any day over yeah. any other game because that you get the, the missile sounds, you get the, oh, you sunk my Battleship. Yep. <laughs> so it's true. Get the batteries point. ready. Cool. Yep. Uh, Elliot, where are you on this one? Do you prefer Battleship or Shoots and Ladders? I think I'm going to go with Shoots and Ladders because it's really fun. And Battleship, I mean, I remember I used to have a trouble playing it. And I haven't played it actually in a while. But, I mean, it's fun. But I'm going to go with Shoots and Ladders for sure. I think you should try playing it when Uncle Bob comes to visit next. And I bet you... <laughs> no, seriously, I think he's... I bet you he, he's probably better at it now than he was. Because it's one of those games that, like... When you're younger, it, it you can't quite get the the theory behind it, and as you get older, it's like, oh wait, I see how this works now. So give it a shot when Uncle Bob comes to visit next. You're very good at strategy, Elliot. You're probably very good at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Battleship because, like Joel, I never liked Shoots and Ladders. I just we didn't have it, and the times that I played it, I was just like, oh my god, like that is a game to me that never ends because like you can be almost to the end. End, and then someone hits the shoot and you're like oh when will it end when, when will death come um, <laughs> but like it's just not a game that ever appealed to me maybe I would like it better if it was snakes and ladders I don't know but I've only played shoots and ladders and it just it, it was just like and here we go again oh another slide uh, like I have enough disappointment in my life I don't need an board game um, so I believe that's three for battleship two for shoots and ladders so uh, unless any joelle or, or jim are you going to keep your vote for battleship or are you going to switch i'm you know my feelings on shoots and ladders yeah <laughs> it's not changing you love it <laughs> jim oh sorry i'm looking up electronic battleship right now, but. I, Pre- pretty sure he's staying with battleship i think, I think. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh finally in round two it's uno versus hungry hungry hippos i believe at this point we're on Joelle, is that correct? Joelle, your 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 vote. Um, yeah, um, we haven't talked about Uno yet, have we? We haven't. Mm-mm. Oh, let's talk about Uno. Uno. Ah, uh, how satisfying is it when a member of your family says Uno and you have a hand full oh. of 
of of uh collect to what what is it oh my gosh draw to draw to draw for uh uh skip skip oh so satisfying the best and and they're all matching and you could just like play it and you can you could get someone else to join you on it absolutely Uh, and now that and you know one minute later that person has like 12 cars in their hand yeah so satisfying it's taking Uh, me higher just thinking about it (laughs) and that person is your like older brother not that i have two of them yeah uh Um, Uno is so fun. And, and, you know, I, it, it, for all ages, you could play it with people of your own age. You could play it with your grandparents. You could play with your parents. You could play with anyone. And it, it is a f- game that anyone can win. I think it is a, a children's game through and through, but it's also a family game. Adults play it. What I also love about Uno is it has this versatility for um, uh, theming. I in college bought the Fraggle Rock Uno. Nice. And it's delightful. I found out they also have like just regular the Muppet Show Uno. So Fraggle Rock or just, you know, Muppets, whatever. They have so many versions of Uno. I what did I write down? Um I found they also have Shepherd Fairy Art. They released that last year. Oh. Uh, I was like, that's specific. I yeah. just like art. They have Nintendo Uno. I'm sure you guys have seen all kinds of stuff. But anyway, Uno, beloved, Hungry, 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 Hungry Hippos falls apart after 30 minutes. Yep, exactly. Uh, okay, we're going to go back to the top of the order with Bob. Are you on this one? I'm going to be voting for Uno in this. Um, I think everything that Joelle just said is absolutely true. Um, and I think there is nothing more satisfying than laying out that draw four for that smug person at the table is like uno <laughs> oh i love it i love it uh elliot do you want to go with uno or hungry hungry hippos i'm gonna go with uno because it's perfect for the family and like ian he doesn't know all his numbers yet but still you can use the colors and for most of the time that's what you're based off of and again there's so many different types of Uno and it like we have Uno reverse mm. and that's super fun. Yeah. So you like, yeah. Uno flip. Oh, now. Flip, right. Sorry. Can you Which, talk to me? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah. Tell me about flip. I don't know that one. So there's like this one, there's a couple cards in the deck that it's a flip card. So you flip it and the other side, which is usually um, just the other side has a different, a different color. <laughs> and then like, like it's neon colors Ooh. and then just, it's basically it's really cool and so, yes. so it, it, it like twists around the game so suddenly you're playing a different like card so that your you hand yeah. now has, is yeah totally different cards and you're ah. suddenly playing with those cards it if they could get the licensing I, I would imagine it being stranger things uno because oh sure upside down upside down yeah that would, would be, be a really great tie-in brilliant I love yeah that. Wow, that's but it's really fun because cool. you because you play another flip and then you go back to your old cards and you yeah. you so it mixes it up a lot. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it probably doubles the length of the game, which good or bad, I don't mm. know. Sorry, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's great. Th- thank you. I had never heard of that, Jim. Where are you on this one? Um, I think uh, I would agree with a lot of what Elliot was saying there. With Uno, it is again. I, I like a mix of strategy to some extent, but it's it's a level playing field of strategy right like he mentions our our five-year-old our nine-year-old and elliot all can uh they can all play evenly pretty much once they've got the concept of the game but it's not just like what happens to come out it's uh they they have to think about how they play it as well so i really like that aspect of it hungry hungry hippos you're just gobbling up balls (laughs) 
listen, I'm going to let that one go because (laughs) we have. That was for you. I know. We're just going to let it go given our our panelists. But uh, thank you. And I'm sure our listeners, our longtime listeners know exactly where that was going. Um, I'm also going to vote for Uno. I'm not going to go off on it because I want to save my arguments for future rounds. But before we get to those final four matchups in round three, we're going to take another quick break before we are baselessly accused of murder yet again. We will be right back. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Time to get off the B&O Railroad and pay up at the electric company. We are back with round three of our best children's game debate. Actually, I think we decided it's best classic children's game. Let's look at that final four. It's Clue versus Candyland, Battleship versus Uno. Um, Bob, the Patreon sponsor for this episode, are you happy with that final four? Yeah, I think that's a great final four. The The only one I think out of the four that I was maybe not thinking I would have here was maybe Clue. Um, and maybe we can get into that. We will get into that in a minute. But um, yeah, I still think they're all great representations of of games for either the family and children together. So great. And what about our actual child on the panel? Elliot, what do you think of this final four? Is it does it make you happy? Yeah, it makes me happy. Um, I I really like it um but the clue the clue is the one thing the murder the murder <laughs> it's upsetting I'm you but what if it's Ian. a slice of cheesecake though right what if it's yeah. i mean yeah that that would be great <laughs> so what i'm hearing jim is that maybe it's time to get a family friendly version of clue for the kids that doesn't maybe. involve murder you guys have the star wars version right yeah we have the star oh, wars yeah, i was do. just gonna say yep that ta- that takes more more setting up and cleanup because it's a two level thing you know? Whoa. So you know how elliot feels about that yes which yeah. i understand but well, let's also get we in- have the oh sorry no go ahead jim sorry Oh, well, we also have, they've added this new Miss White option on it with Clue as well, um, where it does speed it up and mix it up a little bit. You, you, um, what is it? Like if you roll doubles, I think you can pull this Miss White card and it's, it's something like hand your hand over to your, the person to your left and they get, oh my gosh, what? Or, or it's like, you know, have everyone hand you one or make a declare something. And then everyone who has a card that proves it wrong gives it, shows it to you. Wow. And it really mixes it up a lot, actually. Wow. Um, it, and it, it does speed things up, I think, too, which does help with the, the link. Why is it called Miss White version? Oh, just, no, it's like Ask Miss White, because that's, they, they mixed around the characters a little bit, and they took the, the Miss White is just for that part, and I think they add, I don't remember what character they added. Excuse me, do you um, mean to tell me that Modern Clue does not have Miss White as an actual playable character? I am scandalized. This, yeah. <laughs> Yes, they added. Uh, ooh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, look this up. We are gonna let's get into this final four while you look that up, Jim. So it's right. Clue versus Candyland. I'm gonna start with. Um, well, let's start with Elliot. Elliot, ah. you 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 very clearly are against Clue here, correct? Yeah. So I am. You're going for Candyland, Jim. Do you have the answer for who they've replaced Miss White with? 
Miss Orchid has been added, so Miss White can be this character. It also wow. there is an there is a uh, am, an Alexa tie-in for this, and I'm happy I just triggered some people's uh, home uh, <laughs> Echo devices. <laughs> wow! Um, but you can actually ask the the device, and it'll it'll have a voice that tells you like what to, what to do with the card. So that that, is, I think that was the thing that won me over to buy this version. That is scandalous. Is that just regular old Clue? Yeah, they say the classic mystery game. Yeah. Meet the new suspect, Miss Orchid. Wow! That's what the cut. The cut. Mind blown. Okay, thank you for that, Bob. Where are you on this one? Oh gosh. Um. So you know, my I, I do love Clue. I don't want anyone to think that I don't think this is a good game or a fun game. I think it's more sophisticated than it needs to be for this list. Um. I think Candyland is the classic. Um. From a child's classic child's game perspective of of a game that many children can play at many ages easy to learn easy to follow easy to have your five-year-old brother play with you and just be playing their own game while you're at playing the actual game with the other people that you're playing with right it's colorful it's fun it's candy right you got mr mint you got the duke of swirl you have grandma nut as well as lord licorice lord licorice fluffer puffer plumpy king kid kid king candy excuse me i mean um, these are these are just some of the fabulous people who you play with go ahead eric what were you gonna say when you list out the names like that i can understand more about how that ip lawsuit happened <laughs> yes exactly yeah, we're just <laughs> pitching it right over the plate right there mm-hmm. yeah um, it's it's a game of chance it teaches colors it teaches counting it's um, you mentioned it's, it's sold over a million copies each year. It was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. I know that Clue certainly was as well. Um, so that was in 2005 that that one joined. Um, but yeah, I think for me, that's where that's where I think it kind of edges out. We They both have beautiful game boards. Let's say that. I, I know Clue has an amazing movie associated mm-hmm. with it, which, oh, yeah. sure does. Is, also not for, which is not for children. <laughs> um, there Aww. is Clue Master Detective, which yeah. is a, a, a version of it, which I know you have, Eric. I think you have my copy of it, I actually. Do. I do. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's then it adds additional characters, additional rooms and things like that. So it's, it's, there's some variety, additional weapons. There's variety there, too, but it only makes it more more complicated and more challenging which isn't a bad thing um but i think that Candyland is something that anyone can really approach play children love it that's the colors it's eye popping it's an it's a feast for their eyes um that's that's why i think Candyland really needs to come out over clue in this matchup that's just okay. where i am joelle what about you i can't believe this is happening because i can uh, no 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 <laughs> Well, you didn't oh. hear what I was about to say. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening because y'all convinced me. Oh. Ooh. Um, Clue is hands down my favorite game for the last um, however old I am. I turned 39 in a week. Uh, uh, yes. So 33 years I've loved the game of Clue. But you're right. You're absolutely right. This is best classic children's game. Uh, and Candyland is a better children's game. Clue happens to be nerd me's favorite game from my childhood. Doesn't mean it's every kid's favorite game. Um, I'm actually remembering uh, this very horrible version of Candyland that I've had in my house and I finally got rid of called Kosherland. <laughs> it, it somehow uh, took Candyland uh, and made it so much worse. 
That's amazing. <laughs> is there matzo bread? <laughs> I, I can't even remember what, what horrible things they replaced all the beautiful pictures of Candyland with, but they didn't even have the cards. They they replaced the cards with a spinner, and the spinner couldn't even spin properly. <laughs> it was truly awful. Well, um, fun fact, they replaced the cards of, in, in with a spinner on, on Candyland now, too. Oh, but the cards yeah. are my favorite part. Ugh. The cards are now a spinner on Candyland. Because because the cards were manipulatable, as your niece discovered. Um, mm-hmm. You can't you can't really manip- I mean you can manipulate a spinner. You could just like you know put your thumb down in the right place, right? Uh, <laughs> and a kid can learn that, and a kid can strategize in Candyland if they can figure out how to manipulate Candyland. So um, that that's the strategy for you. There is still strategy in Candyland, so I'll accept it. Um, I'll accept it. It's cool. a better children's game. Jim, where are you? What if I told you in Candyland you're actually murdering those pigs? <laughs> <laughs> what now, Elliot? What now? A great what now? plot for a, for a, a Bloomhouse film. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree with everything Joelle said. Candyland is classic, and um, even though a love of Clue is strong, uh, Candyland is all of those things that you just said. I'm I'm also going to give it to Candyland. I of the two, I love Clue more, but I think I, as many people have made the argument for children, Clue is hard. Uh, even if you're playing like Clue Junior or whatever, it it takes some serious brain muscles, and this is something anybody can play at any age. So I'm going to go ahead and give it up to Candyland. Um, are you happy now, Elliot? Clue's out. Yeah. Right. Elliot, Elliot, you're very good at Clue, though. Let's point that out. Elliot's yeah. excellent with Clue. Good. I love Clue. I love Clue. Just I don't think like for little children. Yeah, you have like, you have Ian. your brother in mind, and you're thinking of kids of all ages. So you you, conv- you convinced half the panel. So good job. Good job. <laughs> well done, sir. Next, it's Battleship versus Uno. I'm gonna start with Joel on this one. Um, as far as games for children, we're, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, Elliot's logic is, is in my head now. I think Uno is a better game for children. I think okay. it is easier to learn, more fun to play, much easier to clean up. You just throw all those cards back in the little box. Uh, all of your logic is in my head now. So Uno it is. Jim. Same here. I mean, Battleship, you're blowing up stuff. I got I got to rid that of my house, apparently. So uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but Uno is has always been our number one in the house. Uh, it, it's great for everyone. It's I think I just played Uno with our youngest two or three times this morning just because he was like, you want to play Uno and get a little travel set. Um, so Uno all the way. Uh, Elliot, what about you? Battleship or Uno? I'm going to go with Uno because just like um, my dad just said, Ian asked me to play Uno all the time. <laughs> we go up in our treehouse um, and play Uno on the little table or on the floor with the beanbags. It's just super fun. Battleship, you have to do it on a table. It has You have to hide it. And it's just much more complicated for some younger kids. So I'm going to go with Uno. Great. Bob, what about you? Yeah, we haven't brought this up, but with Battleship, it's just two people, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And Uno is lots of people. Um, and you can even try to even, even probably combine decks and make it even more people. Um, I remember most recently I was with Jim and Elliot at their home. And um, we had a friend over, um, a neighborhood friend over as well. And we all played around the table. And it was just a lot of fun being able to, you know, 
either help Ian because he was either, you know, he, he does a really good job with it too, but like helping him when he gets confused or lost or, you know, watching the kids figure it out, meaning Colin or Elliot being able to figure out how to, I, I absolutely know that Elliot loves it when he plays that draw four or that draw two or that reverse. He loves to stick it to people in Uno. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. See? Attaboy, <laughs> um, Elliot. <definitely. laughs> so um, I would give it to Uno in this pairing because I think it, it's a easier game for children. Um, and everything Elliot said was I thought was excellent. You're right. You have to play it on a table. Right. You can play it on the floor, I suppose. But like if you're up in the treehouse, I'm not going to take Uno up in, or excuse me, uh, Battleship up into the treehouse. Right. Because you'll lose the pieces or or this or that. Right. So I think uh, Elliot made some excellent points in favor of Uno. Yeah. So I'm going to make it a clean sweep for Uno, which means that you've sunk my Battleship <laughs> and we have a final two of Candyland versus Uno. All right. I'm going to start with our extra special guest star, Elliot. Who should win between Candyland and Uno? I've stuck with Candyland for a while <laughs> and I love it, but I'm going to go with Uno because it's good for family. It's good for all all ages and i'm just gonna go with great Mm -hmm. now let's go to our patreon sponsor for this episode bob is it candyland or uno i have stuck with candyland but i think everything we've said about candyland we've also said about uno it's easy for smaller children to play it's it's approachable it's got colors it's fun there's mechanics in that that allow you to be a little mischievous and evil um, with your family or your friends whoever you're playing with it has a little bit more of that oomph that you're looking for in a game and i think we haven't talked about it up until this point as well regarding uno there is a a variety, a variety, excuse me, I can't even talk this evening. There's not just different versions of like editions of like Masters of the Universe deck or, or whatever it might be. There's different like varietals of like Uno Attack, Uno H2O, Uno H2O to go. Um, Uno spin to go. Uno stacko. Right now, <laughs> yeah. Right? Uno wild jackpot. I'm just, I'm just reading off of a Wikipedia page of the different, <laughs> just not just a straight up card game, but just these bizarre varietals of, of like different ways to play Uno. We mentioned the Uno reverse or Uno flip or whatever it was that 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 Elliot was talking about, right? So there's a lot of different variations of this too, as that which I would assume become more complicated or difficult as kids get older, um, and and gives a, a change up of this game so i'm picking uno uno the flamethrower the kids love that one um jim if they made i don't know if they do this but if they made a can real candy version of Candyland, that would be the variant i would want right Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. yeah i guess even though i'm not voting for i'm gonna vote for uno i would say that maybe there is an argument to be made that candyland has does not have different versions that it is it is the classic that it is yeah and they don't need to reinvent or change or to to sell more it's just it's there and and everyone knows how to play it but i would say that um they like both of you have said already they're great for kids even young kids everyone's included but what one's more fun for all the people participating? I think that's Uno. And um, if everyone's having more fun, then there's a greater chance they're going to say yes to playing with you if you're a younger kid. So <laughs> I think Uno is the better way to go. Joel. So it's Uno. Okay. Joel. 
Um, just to add on to what Jim said, the, I think the point of Candyland is that you can't vary it. It needs to be that simple, approachable gameplay with the four colors and nothing more. And if they wackied it up and reversed it and, you know, H2O to go to it, it's not Candyland anymore. It's just, it's every other game that we haven't talked about yet. It, you know, it's all the fun, you know, European games we haven't talked about and the brand new um, non-classic games. Candyland has to be Candyland. The Kosherland game literally is just the, Candyland, but with like a veneer on top. Um, yeah, no, Candyland is classic for a reason. Uno, it can be everything. It can be anything. It can be, you could literally morph it into Play-Doh and turn it into Play-Doh Uno if you want to. I don't even know. Uno could be anything. And that's what makes it Uno. Um, but the classic Uno is still the classic Uno. And everything um, all three of you have already said is why, is why it, I think is the winner of this bracket, but we'll let Eric decide. But Uno has my vote. I mean, it would win even if I didn't vote for I it. Know. But I, know. Um, I am voting for it. And a part of it is, and I haven't said up till now, like Uno was my family's game of choice for the holidays. And it was like, I, I think the argument was made like it's fun for all ages and it is fun for all ages, but it is also the opportunity for revenge. It is the opportunity <laughs> for spite and it is the opportunity for the destroying of dreams. And that's really why it was a Resniak family favorite. Um, <laughs> I, I, my father would delight. And I think this really tells you everything you need to know about he would be very strategic in who he would sit next to. Usually it was one of his grandchildren and he would like take so much pleasure. He would have this little whistle he would do and he would drop the bombs left and right. And like so many times my nephews in particular would just be like, that is it. That is it. I cannot play anymore. <laughs> like they would get so upset because my father would just howl as he destroyed them. And I was just like, welcome to my childhood. Um, but like the fact that it can be just so fun and breezy and everybody's having a great time and at the same time you're playing the exact same game and it is so mean-spirited <laughs> and just abusive that's an incredible game that really is a, it, <laughs> like think of the versatility there's nothing else like uno and and i will say like i've played some of the other versions that that flip sounds pretty cool but i think joelle touched upon this like there's nothing like og uno it's simple enough that anybody can pick it up but it's complicated enough that it can go any which way like you don't know someone can be down to one or two cards and then you know one round of blitzkrieg comes along and like someone out of left field wins it so it's a, a great setup it's perfectly balanced it's a heck of a lot of fun and to me it is the definitive uno game I completely blew that. The definitive <laughs> classic children's game, it's Uno. So there you have it. Our pick for the best classic children's game of all time is Uno. Do you agree with our choice? Do you think we're wild? Let us know by picking, uh, excuse me, let us know your pick by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or yell at us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube while you're there. Make sure you like and subscribe for more great pop culture debate content. And if you really like what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, which can get you access to more exclusive episodes, merch, and the ability to suggest episodes for us to do in the future. I want to say thank you to my panelists. I'm always down for a game night with you. Thank you in particular to Patreon Bob for sponsoring this episode, and thank you for listening. If you would like to sponsor an episode which includes the right to pick the topic and actually join us on the debate, 
please go to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debate and subscribe at the $25 a month level or actually I was gonna say or higher there's no higher level uh, we only have one more slot of that level left so uh, until next time remember everyone is entitled to their wrong opinions <laughs>